This podcast contains potentially adult language, adult themes, definitely drinking, and possibly sexual context. Listener discretion is advised. Podcast. I'm your host, Erica Lance. My co-host today is the amazing C.R. Rice. And our guest for the second time, because she's amazing, is Danielle Orsino. Woo! Okay. Yeah. First, we have to talk about your dress. What character are you dressed up as, Danielle? We got to tell people that. And then we're going to go into what we're drinking, because, wow. I, I'm still coming as Aurora. I can't get rid of Aurora just yet. Not yet. Wink, wink. Yeah. I was going to say there are many other characters. Okay. So let's talk yeah. about what we're drinking. Um, Today's podcast is sponsored by Skunk Brothers Spirits. Go to skunkbrotherspirits.com, DWA10. They're amazing, veteran owned. Anyway, I'm not drinking them tonight because I, I, I have one left uh, because this is a seasonal thing of my flat rock ice spice baby. So I have one, I have a backup of another flavor of theirs called Cherry Poppins. It's got Mary Poppins on it. Get a Cherry Poppins. Oh, nice. <laughs> They're so clever. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sierra, what are you drinking tonight? I am doing my standard green tea and vodka kick. Actually, this time I threw a little bit of uh, cranberry in it to just to spice it up, get a little crazy. Oh my God, you're like rebel without a cause. Okay, what are you drinking, uh-huh. Danielle? Uh, barefoot Scotto blueberry. I know that's so like, I might as well have a Zima in my hand. I know. It's so, it's, it's like a Look wine you cooler. Dress like that. You've got a goblet and you're like, what are you drinking? I, I'm drinking a barefoot. But I have a goblet. Scotto. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm basic. I know. Oh my God. But I had to, it's like it's as crazy as I get, but I got a cool um, goblet. So I'm like, it's okay. It, it is a very cool goblet for those. Now that the YouTube episodes are coming out, I'm so excited. I don't know if you guys have seen those, but they've started to come out. And anyway, I'm, I'm very excited. Video editor. Okay. Danielle, for anyone listening that doesn't know what you write, can you talk a little bit about what you write? Uh, I would like to say I write high fantasy, meaning you might have to be high to read it. But no, I just write, I write fantasy. You've read it, Erica. Come on, let's be serious. Um, I write about the Fae, but I write about the Fae with grown-ass adult problems, meaning you won't see a lot of romance in it. You'll see a lot of violence and um, some political intrigue and philosophical issues and things like that. It doesn't mean you won't eventually have romance, but I'm not um, Fae with like gossip girl problems, as one reviewer said. That is not what I'm about. I am about grown adult problems with, with the Fae. Very, very cool. <laughs> now, we were very fortunate to meet you on this podcast. And you, at the time, had book one, which is Book of the Fae. But, um, no, Locked Out of Heaven is book one. Birth it's of the Fae, Locked Out of Heaven, yes. Yeah, it's okay. I won't mention that the reason I have one of these is because one was, I was gonna say. two. There was two. There was two to start, <laughs> but it's fine. No I'm problem. Fine now. Um, You're good. So- <laughs> Mm-hmm. book you have book two and book three so talk about your books that have come out my books have come out because of you guys because of four horsemen i have to say i now ride with the horsemen that's what i like to say <laughs> i now ride with you guys which could go in so many different ways but we're gonna just stay focused right now 
Oh, um, I doubt that heavily, but continue. Oh, I know. <laughs> I feel uh, like this is the beginning of the end of this episode oh, already. See, our, the first episode, the first time I was on here, we already, they already know me, it went bad quick, but that's okay. Um, no, they- It uh, doesn't when I'm on here too, so it's fine. Oh, perfect. And I'm a co-host, perfect. so like- this is- this, this is one awesome. of the worst combinations I could have come up with. Now that I think about I was it, gonna say, yeah, you think, yeah, that you put it all together. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the first time when we met, you guys were able to uh, talk talk to me, and then you pulled me into the uh, into the stables, and I came with you guys, <laughs> and then here I am, and we're three books out. Which, without you guys, I don't think I'd be on book three. And you you taught me about editing which I appreciate tremendously um, and how it's supposed to go. And then you were nice enough to say, Danielle, you cosplay so much. Let's just put you on the cover. And uh, I then wound up on the cover of the books on top of it all. But yeah, it's been so a have, lovely experience. We have looked down, locked out of heaven. Locked out of heaven. Eyes of mercy and from the yes. ashes, correct? Yep. And from the ashes. And then kingdom come comes out. Um, May 30th. Exactly. And for, okay. So that's all amazing. <laughs> Since we last spoke, what, cause you had gone through quite a few, few sort of trials as an author mm-hmm. as when, when we got to meet you and stuff like that, it was a little yes. bit of a, an interesting journey. What has it been like since people last heard from you? Uh, it's been, First of all, now that I'm on the cover, they know the blasphemists know exactly where to come when they come for me. Now all the, cr- the crazies know, oh, that's the chick we want. Um, I- I'm still on the blasphemy lists, but that's okay. I don't mind. Um, and it just made me realize that all the books should now be named after the Our Father. So we have Kingdom Come, Buffet is done, and Forgive Us. <laughs> so <laughs> they just inspired me to just keep going with it all. And uh, now every book starts with a prologue from Lucifer's point of view. So like I said, let's just keep adding flames to that. You know, let's just stoke that fire. I mean, if it's working, you might as well just go with it. Oh, we just went with it. I mean, at that point, you know, they were already petitioning the Vatican to remove the first book and have it removed. When I when I met Erica, I was in the middle of uh, a bunch of people, actually a group petitioning the Vatican to have Locked Out of Heaven removed. And just well, no it, longer sold. Part of it was her previous mm-hmm. publication company put her under Christian as yeah. a category, uh, like a bisexual. I was just trying to figure out, like, how are you going to take yeah. a, a, a fantasy book and try to, like, no, oh, that, makes sense under, now. that makes a lot of sense. Because yeah, if you, uh, you put something they, under, like, religious, like... They oh, put they it under as a religious book, and I'll tell you, for anybody listening that's not an author and doesn't know what a bisect code is... When you go to search a book on Amazon or something and you want a paranormal romance, that's a code. So those codes are linked to books so that when you're searching, you can find the books. It puts them in categories. And so people who like books of a certain category, it's how you find them. It's sort of like the indexing for books. Is Well, it's not sort of. It actually is the indexing for books. And unfortunately, Birth of the Phase, number one indexing category, was a Christian category which the book is about the fae and angels and demons and stuff like that. So like the wrong place to put a book where you're talking about Mm -hmm. angels and demons and all this stuff 
is in a Christian category, unless of course you're saying how all of them are sinners and should go somewhere, but that's not what this book said. So needless to say, the hate mail ensued. Oh, it came down like the rat. I was, uh, I think it was Christian spiritual fiction, something to that effect. And uh, people came for me and they came hard and they came quick. So that was a lot of fun. But then uh, once you guys took over, that uh, stopped. It, they still come for me, but, you know, I also, I may poke the bear every now and then. Uh, yes. Thine Eyes of Mercy is a book two, which is named after uh, Queen Mary the first favorite prayer. So perhaps I poked the bear a little on that one, maybe. But we've had a lot of fun. <laughs> I, You know, what am I going to say? So, you know, I, I every now and then I still do get a group that has that wants to know my home address because they want to send me literature on how I can make my relationship with God better. And they feel that they need to send it to my home address in which my response is the usual. Uh, Lucifer has not yet told me where we're, what realm of hell we're going to live in once we're married. But as soon as he does, I will forward that to you immediately. And then you can I send give it him to a me. church address or a cemetery. Address. Um, yeah. Just that, get you an address for, um, that they can send it to that would be fun we can just your address roulette just yeah, open the, uh, the phone book yes flip to a random it. page address oh my god I usually when so i mention that i'm marrying lucifer that tends to stop them pretty quick um they, they kind of go see. silent so you know that that's good but other than that it's been a lot of fun um i've learned a lot from the four horsemen tremendously about editing um, I, I now know what the Oxford comma is. I did not know before. Um, I, you, I, I may have called Erica. have been, been talking like, to J.M. Kent, the Oxford comma. <laughs> um, to, I hate know. the freaking comma rules. I just leave them out half the time. Which yeah, I, I know, know, you know, my editor loves so much. But it's just like, you know what? I don't like either rule. I don't believe in commas. I, just I don't believe in commas. I won't use them. I do not know. Get the edits back and it's all red and it's commas. <laughs> yeah. Jen just laughs at me now. She's just like, don't worry. I mean, I was literally looking on the keyboard, like, which one is it? I don't, you know, I finally called. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I was like, did I not learn this? But um, no, it's been a lot of fun. I've grown tremendously. I think as an author, I think my fans have realized there's a definite change from book one to two, because we did do a second edition of book one of locked out of heaven, where I got to include the um, prologue that I always wanted to, that was left out. Uh, we got to do a rewrite of some scenes. I got to add deleted scenes, things like that. So it's been a lot of fun. We're on book three, which is from the ashes. And I have kingdom come coming out. We're doing an Oracle card set. Uh, I finished my first novella. So it's just been, it's been a lot of fun. But, you know, I'm still learning and growing as an author. I'm still de dealing with criticism. You know, we're always dealing with that and just how to deal with it. Because I'm, this isn't my world. I didn't come from this. I came from nursing. So to go from nursing where you get feedback immediately. Like when you do something wrong, you know it nursing. There's no like, gee, should I have done that? It's okay. You did something wrong. Here, it's like. You get criticism for something you wrote two years ago. You go on Goodreads and somebody just read it and they're like, here's my view on it. And you're like, okay, but I'm not that same author anymore. I, I've oh. done something different. I've gotten better. I've gotten, you know, whatever it is. So 
I'm going to give a piece of advice here. And this is a piece of advice on criticism. This is why we talk about a lot on the show about reading reviews and stuff like that. I must stop. You, you should. You should stop <laughs> yes. because the thing is that you do grow as an author. You grow from one book to the next. Like we had Rick Hines on here recently and he wrote, he won a novella, a novel contest and he wrote his first book with that novel contest like seven years ago. And he just published the second book. And first of all, don't wink that long authors out there. But part of what he learned, like he's such a better author now than he was seven years ago. We're all going to be better authors. Like it was interesting. Yeah. I recently re-listened to um, Anne Rice's interview with the vampire. Again, a lot of audio. Oh. So I, I, but, Anne Rice. but I do, but I reading her, old, her newer stuff, minus mm-hmm. the church phase reading her newer stuff mm-hmm. it's very different than how that book is written and yes. she she said that you know like that was the best work she had at yes. that time but the thing i think about listening to or reading reviews read reviews if you can take it with a grain of salt and not have it internally affect you because it's somebody mm-hmm. out on the internet saying stuff and people can say great things from the internet and people can say some pretty shitty things from the internet. And it's all based on somebody behind a keyboard doing that. Yes. Because like, I don't think, you know, we were just talking about conventions, which we'll talk about a little bit. I don't think mm-hmm. that when you go to a convention, anybody's going to walk up to you at the booth and go, I didn't like your book. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm going to be honest. I've seen it happen at conventions with comic book um, artists. I've seen people go, I didn't love that. Because I think there is a certain, people are getting a... But there's a I difference every, between a comic book and, yes. and like a novel. Because a novel. I get hostile about some of the stuff they've done in comic books. And like, I would blame <laughs> oh, it. So like, I get that. Yes. But like, I, as far yeah. as like an actual like written book, I, I'm like, I haven't, I've, I've read some that I'm just like, dude, if I ever saw it, I would never actually do it, but like in your head, you just want to be like, what the fuck were you thinking? Yes. But I I haven't actually seen, but comic book, yeah, I'll fight. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm crazy about my characters with comic books and stuff. I just, I feel like, like I know for Goodreads for me, if you didn't like the book, there is no reason to go on Goodreads and leave a two-star review. I don't care how much you think your opinion matters. It's not, what I don't like is when you leave a two-star, a two-stars and don't say anything. Really? Yeah. Like back. Yeah, but you gotta realize that those are the people. It's funny because I think a lot of people don't realize, for instance, on Amazon, and I'm not sure a lot of other platforms, but you can look up, you can click on the person who reviewed and look up and all see. of their reviews. Yes. I, and I've done that. That's yeah, because a lot of times see. you're they're just bitter human beings and they don't rate mm-hmm. above a three star and they do it. But it's interesting because talking to authors on this show. There are no authors that have said that they write a review below three stars. No, well, I don't. I think would I, never. I yeah, don't. I, yeah. I never have. I will I won't, say I, I don't have like it. it. Yeah, I won't we'll see. I I have. I I know a couple authors, and like they're, uh, what you know, you you form relationships over time with yes. people, and so um, a friend of mine released a book, and I read it, and I didn't leave. It was. I didn't like it. I, so I didn't leave a review, but I did shoot a message and was just like, dude, like, I don't know what the hell happened, but like your grammar, not on point. Like your, the whole storyline was blotchy, but like, I would never go and 
like send them a message. There, Put are them on con- there is a way to contact. There's everybody has contact information on that stuff. If you didn't like it, say it to the author. Don't put it online. And for God's sakes, write a review. If you're going to write a review, don't just start something because that that's what I don't like crap out of me. That's exactly it. Don't just star it. If you're going to stand by it, stand by it, but don't just, Am I don't the just start and walk away. Well, uh, here's the only, there's a caveat as a Kindle, okay. as a Kindle reader and as an audiobook listener. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If I love audio. I might have just made that up. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. but I'm only given the option at the end of my Kindle book to do stars and not a review on the Kindle. Like it oh, goes, Kindle is you want to rate it. So yes, you have to like go back. Yeah, you like actually go into the book. They changed that because before that's not how it was. If you click to rate it, it used to bring you like to their page mm-hmm. and stuff. No, they don't have that anymore. So if it's on Kindle, if I happen to be reading it on my Kindle, and not a Kindle book, but on my Kindle e-reader. Yeah, on your actual. um, Or if I'm listening to Audible, the first thing it asks me is to rate it. Audible, yes. You have to then click several things to then actually write a review. Yes, Audible, yes. Audible's a pain. But like on Goodreads, I've seen people on Goodreads do that. And what I don't like is like, if if you do an IG um, book tour, Usually the way it's set up is like, look, guys, the, a three is the floor. What I don't like is when everybody makes that agreement, puts it in the post and then goes back to Goodreads and leaves a two. No, no, no. The agreement was this. Don't go then afterwards. And do, I, I just think right now there's a certain, um, there's a little bit of a mean girl uh, attitude in 97%, 98% of the people on Instagram who are doing bookstagrams are awesome people. I've, I've met so many great people through that, but I do think that there's a little bit of, we know we have the power attitude and they tend to flex it. And if they don't like your book or they, or they don't feel you're one of the cool authors, they don't give you the time. They don't finish it. If it doesn't grab them in the first three, four pages, or even the first chapter, they don't finish it. And then they go back and tell the tour guide, no, I didn't finish it. I didn't get to the assignment. They missed their stop. And they're just kind of like, we're done with you, you know, and they kind of know that they're in charge. And that's where I think it's like, okay, one, not everybody needs to know your opinion because you're now taking that experience away from somebody else who might've picked that book up. So it's like, I think there's, every book has value unless it's really offensive to you on some kind of, you know, cellular level, you can always find something good about a book. I think that's true. I think it has to be their cup of tea. But again, yeah, um, yeah. reviews are for the read the readers if they want to read them. I think if you have a good cover and a good blurb, if somebody's interested, they're going to want to read your book anyway. Like, mm-hmm. and I agree with you. I think the whole thing is interesting. I think reviews are interesting. We live and breathe off of reviews. But at the same time, like I've been dying to be on a panel where somebody comes in and says that my book offended them in some way, because I just am going to go, cool. Thank you for purchasing my book. Oh, get in line. I'm going to be like, get oh line. my gosh, which part? <laughs> I was going to be like, get, come on. <laughs> which one? I want to make sure I get a sequel out there. Like, Hold on. Let me just <laughs> take some notes. Which part was it? Oh yes. Yes. I remember that. Like, yeah. Get in line. I, I literally had somebody say to me, um, it was because in book one, they were complaining because at this point, most people were maybe you've read it, but at the end, um, I have the fa- I have the reason why the Red Sea parts is really a fey battle. 
So God does not part the Red Sea. It's actually the Fae that do it. And it's, you know, but the humans interpreted it as an act of God. So it's a whole well, thing. Wasn't it Moses? Uh, Moses, Moses is there the when it happened. I mean, so it's, see, we're getting you know, some of it, right? Yeah. You know, Moses shows up <laughs> and my Fae are there. And it's a water spout that she creates that parts the Red Sea as Moses hits his staff down. So in the human's eyes, they prayed for it. It happened. But in the Fae, they're in the middle of a battle. So it's just mm-hmm. this weird timing. So I said, so, you know, that's how it, it's fantasy. This is just how it happened. And somebody came to me and they were like, how did you write? It's blasphemous. I said, and we're arguing. And finally, I turned around. And I said, if you believe me over the gospel, I was like, you know, I'm not saying it's the gospel truth. Are you calling me stupid because I read the gospel? And it just turned into this. And I was like, oh, it just devolved into this argument. And I'm like, I, I'm just saying, if you're believing me over the gospel, I, and finally I was like, you're right. You're right. Like it was just, and they were so offended that I took this biblical moment. Adams, so long and thanks for all the fish. If you I, believe I, I my book, just, this book would be great for you. I'm like, here you go. <laughs> I was like, just, and they, they picked apart. They were like the plagues. It was 10. You say seven. I'm like, it's a fantasy book, sweetheart. I can say what I want. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, I go, then why did you pick it up? Because that's what I came to. I was like, I finally said, I was like, you know, sometimes you people, that, they just want something to complain about. It doesn't matter. They'll yeah. just complain for complaining. Okay. Let's talk about your costumes, my love, because your <laughs> costumes are amazing. What made you, and, and it's very different. Some authors do this. Not a huge mm-hmm. amount that we've talked to, but some authors do this. I think I'll do this with my serial killer series. I will start dressing up like the killers, which means I don't have to do awesome. anything. I just dress like a normal person. Um, Perfect. <laughs> uh, but what made you start cosplaying your characters? What brought that about that you started doing that? Initially, it was just to get a feel for what actually worked when I was writing. It gave me like a better idea of does this actually work? Should they have a cape? Should they not? Because when I was doing the fight scenes, I planned them all out. And then I would videotape the fight scenes. Trying so to get we got a pause realistic. right there because um, some okay. people were listening to this one. If they didn't listen to your previous one, you need to describe your background a little bit and why you say oh. I did the fight scenes on videotape. So it wasn't like the lightsaber kid from many years ago on no. the you know, was- no, I wasn't. Do, do, do. No. Um, I, Talk about I your background a, martial- a little bit. I, I have a martial arts background. I was on the WKA US team and I represented Team USA in 2008 in the World Championships for uh, soft style forms. Uh, I'm in the World Martial Art Hall of Fame. And I have a background in Taekwondo, Wushu, Kung Fu, several uh, styles. And that's what I did before I was even a nurse as I was a competitive martial artist. So I've no, worked with us. Fight scenes Lynn, are actually fight scenes and not stuff. lightsaber kid. No, I'm not in the back. Yeah, I'm not, a lot of fun. I, <laughs> yes. You know what? I was going to say, I, I may have picked up a sword every now and then, and you know, didn't, didn't the whole, you know, there is no try. There's only do, you know, I, I might be doing some of that stuff. Let's not get totally crazy. You got to warm up yes. before you do your actual scene. You exactly. You got to warm up. There might be some Yoda moments, you know, it, it happens to the best of us. So um, I would videotape all the fight scenes to make sure that they're realistic because, you know, 
if not, Vincent is calling me going, yo, I read that book. The body doesn't move that way. So I have to make sure that they're, they're tight. So I was doing that. And then I was thinking, would you really have a cape? Would you really do this? Would their hair be longer? Would their hair be shorter? So I just started thinking these things. And then it just, because I've cosplayed so much, it became natural to just, well, if I'm going to cosplay as Harley Quinn, why am I not cosplaying as Aurora or as Desdemona? So it just kind of moved into that. It just made sense. And then I just started doing that. And I started walking around and trying to figure out what their armor was like, what the weapons were like, things like that. Started doing the fight scenes more like that, figuring it all out. And it just made the characters more realistic to me and more real. Like, like I said, I have enough voices in my head, but dressing up as them just you know, made it easier to write. And it just kind of came about that way. I didn't think, you know, I didn't think it would go as far as it did, but I've cosplayed for so long as so many different comic book characters. This was just the next, the next step, next evolution in it. And I enjoyed it tremendously. Like I said, no, voices and, in my and, head were loud. It's amazing. And you're on the covers because of how absolutely thoroughly amazing these uh, costumes are because you become these characters and you, you know, everybody out there get a chance to go look up these books because the covers are just absolutely beautiful. And uh, I love the fact that they're all you. I mean, how many authors are themselves on the cover that it's not a uh, biography book? I mean, I think that's, that's like a pretty badass thing to say. I, I don't know. And I wouldn't have, it's not something I would have done if you guys didn't say, Hey, this is what we're doing. Like I would never have thought about it. It did not cross my mind to do it. It was just something that I was like, yeah, I did these pictures and it's cool. I'll use them as my author pick. So nobody kind of knows it's me. And to be honest, my dad didn't even recognize me on locked out of heaven. I showed him the book and I was like, what do you think of this? And he was like, who's the chick? And I'm like, who do you think it is? He's like, I don't know. So I'm asking. And I was like, dad, it's me. <laughs> and he literally had to pick it up and he was doing this. He was like, get the fuck. No, it's not. And I looked at him and I was like, no, it's me. And he kept staring at it going, the dragon's cool. And I'm like, look at the picture. And he was like, no, it's not you. It took him like, he kept sitting there kind of looking at me and looking back at the cover. And he was like, is that really? And then he was like, holy shit, it's you. It, it took him like, and I'm like, what are you? So okay, Dad, really Dad cool. you don't get bonus points right now. You just don't. I'm sorry. We're going to take away no, any bonus he, points. Book two, we figured out was me pretty easy. But then when I showed him three, he looked at me and he was kind of like, this is. And then he just looked. He's like, I'm going to say it's you because I think that's the theme. And I was like, and then finally, when I said, well, for the Oracle cards, would you do you want to be Hoggle? And he was like, Hoggle. And he looked at me. He goes, the gnome. And I was like, you'll be, you'll be a kick-ass gnome. He goes, I'm going to look like Super Mario Brothers. And I was like, no, you won't. No, you won't. It'll, be lo it'll look really cool. And he was like, is he on the cover of everything? I'm like, you're going to have an Oracle card. And he was like, I was like, you and Uncle Ronnie, because it'll be Hoggle and Marco. And he was like, we're going to look like Mario and Luigi. I'm like, no, I promise. I'll get rid of the overall so you can have like blacksmith, a blacksmith apron. And he was like, okay, fine, because you got a cover. I can have an Oracle card. I was like, great. And my dad's involved. Now I got the whole family involved. I love that. I love that. Okay, we have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. 
Our sponsor today on Drinking with Authors is Skunk Brothers Spirits. Skunk Brothers Spirits was started by a family of disabled veterans focused on locally sourced quality distilled spirits. Their name was inspired by their pops, who was nicknamed Skunk. Skunk's father was a moonshiner in Oregon back when it wasn't exactly legal. Now the brothers are taking the family business legal with their Washington-based team using their grandfather's Prohibition-era moonshine recipe to bring small batch spirits to the gorge and beyond. From the moonshine corn whiskey to the apple pie brandy, all of their spirits are handmade in Washington. Believing they already have the best ingredients in the local community, they work with local farmers and suppliers to produce the highest quality spirits from scratch. You can find them on Facebook at Skunk Brothers and on Twitter at Skunk Bros Inc. Or visit their site www.skunkbrotherspirits.com and use coupon code DWA10 at checkout to read 10% off your order. You can always also ask your local retailer to start stocking Skunk Brother Spirits. Regardless of how you get your hands on a bottle or two, grab a drink and don't forget to get skunk. Um, you're welcome. You're welcome for all of those things. <laughs> okay, so we were talking about cosplaying and making your father dress up as characters in the book, <laughs> which I think is awesome. I think everybody, I, I cosplay. I would love to come to um, pretty much any event dressed as any character. My favorite is Effie Trinket. I do an amazing Effie Trinket. So, and Amira. I do a good Myra Rose now, uh, you know, outside of the other really Moira. cool characters. Moira. Okay. Um, so what was my next question as I'm finishing my cider? What was my next? What is your question, Chelsea? Since my question just abated me completely. <laughs> How many are you planning to do in your series? Or are you going to do multiple series? I have 15 planned in my head right now. I have eight finished. Uh, that still have to go through editing, editing. I'm on book nine right now that I'm writing. And then I have some novella offshoots, but that, that's not a dead set. Like I'm definitely done at 15. That's just kind of what's in my head, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Sound familiar, Chelsea? <laughs> Never heard it before ever. Not even no, once. Chelsea has like 37 in her series. Oh my gosh. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Considering it was supposed to be one book, yeah, it's it's kind of a lot. Yeah. Wow. No, no, well, she's doing different realms, kind of multiverse yes. sort of thing. So, yeah, I love that, though, because I think, especially when an author is creating um, their universes beyond just a one book or a set series or something like that, because that's what the fans want. Like, you can tell when you read an author who only thought so far about a book series that they wrote or a series of books you know what I mean like you you can you can read it and go oh they didn't think this all the way through that it was going because the next one's like just kidding those three people that were dead in the last book are back because they you know <laughs> it was it was there was a time thing and they were resurrected or like there's you, a you, schism you, within a schism <laughs> yeah exactly you're like you can tell they were like oh my god I didn't think this all the way through you know I mm-hmm writing books and stuff like that. So let's talk about um, how the fans have been reacting to your new stuff versus how they were reacting to the original release. Uh, I have less haters. <laughs> um, it's always good. No, the fans have been great. 
Uh, they've been absolutely amazing. I, I think every author says, I have the greatest fans ever. But um, I know they have coined themselves fanatics. So I think that's absolutely beautiful. I love hearing that. I always had called them my fae friends. And then somebody said, no, we're fanatics. And I was like, oh, I kind of love that. Um, they're absolutely beautiful. I have had met so many incredible people. Uh, I had one woman who was in hospice and I had sent her a book. And she contacted me when she was dying. And she said, my last dying wish is to be a fae. And so I put her in the story. And so we meet her character later on and her family contacted me and said, she willed me a book. I got the books. uh, I got the book. They sent the book over to me and the family stays in touch with me. I've put her now through little stories. We meet her character. They talk about her in book four, but then we meet like who her character was in book five. And now I've actually added her to one of the novellas. Uh, that I'm writing right now, but that was like a really moving moment for me. Because to hear that, like, this is what I want. I'm dying right now, and I want to be a fae in your story from now on. And I was like, okay, so she, I in the dedication in book two, she's mentioned in the acknowledgments. And I, I okayed it first with the family, and the family was like, yep, this is beautiful, we love it, whatever. So that was like, that probably hit me the hardest that, okay, what I'm doing kind of matters. Cause at first, you know, you're like, I'm writing about fairies, you know, like I'm writing a story, you know? And that's when I was like, Oh, okay. Even if you're not a New York times bestselling author or whatever, this is mattering to people. Somebody's, this is really something. So I have to say it's been kind of an incredible journey and I meet people every day on Instagram who are like, Hey, you know, I'm, I got book two, I'm pacing myself and I just bought book three and I have to like pace one chapter every night. Cause this is what I do when I come home to unwind from work. I'm, I'm visiting the veil and I'm like, Oh, wow. Okay. Like I matter to somebody today. That's, I don't know. That's kind of cool. That matters. I love that. I think that's amazing. And I think as authors, you know, cause we write by ourselves generally, generally we write by ourselves, you know, um, and I think when we find out that we touch somebody's life some way, it can be a small way, just bringing a little smile or a little joy, or they love a character or it helped them with something. I think that makes such a, a huge impact. And it, it allows us to remember when we're sitting there writing that we're, we're not alone and we're doing something in the world and it matters to that person. And even if you're not getting, you know, 40 million fan letters, it matters to that person and you affected that life. So, you know, it's, it's worth it in that. I know CR has had similar, you know, people reaching out to her on her stuff, making a difference. And I think it's, it's huge when you have that happen. And as authors, we sometimes, you know, we, we see people, but we don't get to hear from them. And that's why I always encourage if you're listening if there's an author you like and they're at an event, go tell them you like them and why. It makes a huge difference to us to hear that or that we completely pissed you off by doing X in a book. I get that a lot. You guys probably don't get that as much as I do. And if you, When you go to talk to them, they just stare at you blankly. They're not ignoring you. You freak them out. We are very shy people. So just yes. be aware. That, that would be CR. Just by the way, yes. if you want to walk up to CR, you're going to freak her out. It's fine. Well, 
Just, he's listening. Just flash a light to notify her. She's first. like, come into my room and talk to me. <laughs> I'll sit on my. Can't drink at conventions. It's like frowned upon. So, like, if I could drink out of them, absolutely. I okay, you did fine. drink at them. You had an entire cup full of liquor. <laughs> Do not start with that you were drinking at the convention. I like that you yeah. just pretended like somehow that was cleaned up. But yeah. you even got me liquor at the convention. Even just look at the cup. <laughs> That's right. So uh, you're, you've written nine books. How fast do you write? Uh, when I get going, it depends because I handwrite everything first and then type it. So it takes me a little long. Yeah, I handwrite first. I know everything's oh. crazy. Oh, yeah. No, I get it. <laughs> I have to hit, yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're crazy. These are full. (laughs) I've been desperately trying to find a program. You can ask my boyfriend because I drive him crazy with this. Every time I see a program or something that looks like it'll allow you to write and then translate the writing, like Mm -hmm. I have, I went through like a dozen iPad programs trying to find something because I write way faster than I actually type because I've been writing. And I can't find any programs that actually translate that well. I would love I wanted to do like does. I have really? so my surface, yeah, it, it just sucks because like it's not like you can write the whole page. So you have to click this thing, right? And you're like, boom, I'm gonna write. And so then like you write, but you only have a line this big. And if you don't keep it updated, like if you don't keep your pro- like the, the computer itself updated, then like it doesn't tra- like you have to wait for it to be like, holy shit, you wrote and then go. But like, yeah, I, I do that sometimes too. I get annoyed. No, though no, no. Like, I want to be able to write and get to the bottom oh, like and down the page done, and then I want to keep writing ah. and then get to the bottom and hit done. And like, that's what I want to do. Gotcha. If you are listening, invent this. There are many authors out there that would be like, yes, I will subscribe. Yes. I would get so much more done because I've even tried that's Dragon me. Naturally Speaking and all these. That's programs. what I was no, I spent I months training my dragon naturally speaking, but the amount of corrections that I had to do on that was just like, I can't, I can't. It just I, drives I, know. I did one program where I thought I like Erica, like I thought if I wrote the whole thing and then clicked like save or translate or whatever, it was going to move it from like my handwriting into text and it didn't. And I was so mad. Like, I still haven't gone back to the file because I was so pissed off. Like, it said, you know, oh, oh it'll no. translate all your stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is the greatest thing ever. No, no, no. it didn't. It didn't. So no, I found one, me. but all it would do then is email you the page. Like, you could do one page. It would do it, but then you had to email that one page. Like, it wouldn't let you keep going. And I'm like, right. What? Uh, like, it cannot just, like, that doesn't work. The new work. Yeah. Ah, no, like, that's why I have to, I sit and I, I handwrite everything. Cause that's, that I consider like, that's my first draft. Then I go and I start like the first edit while I'm typing it. And I'm like, oh, why did I say that? No, I want that. So it takes me probably longer than it should to write. Um, Cause I feel like my skeleton is the handwritten part. Sorry, and then you the finished muscles. nine books. Like shut up about it's taking longer than it should. Just I shut your mouth me. from one author yeah. that does not get enough done. Shut your face. But, no, but you know, but Jen then has to deal with my editing. So now you know that I, it has to go to another editor before it even gets to Jen or else poor Jen is pulling her hair out going, what the hell? 
hell is she doing? So it can't These even be sounds. seen by you guys. There's exactly. sounds She's in the computer. Like, this is just one sentence and it goes on for pages. What is she doing? Yeah. No. So oh, it's you go through your manuscript. Um my uh Christina goes through my manuscript before you guys see it. Christina goes through it and she's like, what the hell? Like, she'll actually call me and be like, um, okay, this was sweet, but uh, no, you can't, like, we we need a little work here, honey. She's like, you hyphenated the word here. You didn't hyphenate it here. Uh, what are we going with, hyphenating or not? Like, it's a mess. You gotta, and- you gotta love editors that can catch that shit because oh, I, that is a skill set. Because I'll look at... T- I changed the name of a character. Jen likes to tease me about this. So in one of my last books that I published, <laughs> she's like, she sends me this message and she's like, is his name blah, blah. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't even know what the fuck she was talking about. Right. She's like, you changed the character's name in the second chapter. So which one is it? And I'm like, well, I guess I like this one better. And she's like, seriously and i'm like shh shh it's okay don't tell anybody it's fine <laughs> yeah i don't want people to hate me i'm like i it's just i just need to i'm too, i'm dyslexic i'm too crazy about this stuff and i'm like i don't want people to think i'm to, i'm totally off you know off my rocker and i'm like we're on a time crunch we need to get it done christina sees it first we go through like a little okay, this is where you're going with it. She's read everything up to this point. She knows like where I'm going. I'm like, okay. Then she'll be like, all right, somebody can look at this and put it through whatever quality control they're putting it through. She's like, it can be seen by human eyes now. I'm like, cool. Like, great. Awesome. I'm moving along. And she's like, yep. She's like, you know, you now know the difference between A and Anne. We're good. I'm like, great. Thank you. And it looks like I passed my SATs. Awesome. And I move along. I have a question for you. Chelsea will want to know the answer to this question. Do you write linearly? Um, like from chapter one to the end? No, not at all. There you go. Another one. Chelsea, what do you do? Go. Wait, what do you do though? <laughs> um, the first, the first nine books. Uh, no, I, whatever ha- comes out of me comes out of me. It's like, I, I'm not a pantser or a planner. I, I didn't even know what those terms were for the longest time. Somebody asked me that literally in an interview and I went, huh? Cause I was like a pantser. I didn't know if it was like a sexual question. So I just stared at them like right in the camera for a good two seconds. And I was like, what the hell are these people asking me? Um, I just, I just wrote like when I wrote locked out of heaven, locked out of heaven originally was book seven. It was birth of a succubus. As I was writing, no, Birth no, no, of no. Succubus, I mean, like when you write I, your books, when you yeah. write them, like you, like not planning wise or anything like that, but like when you sit down to start, do you start at chapter one and you write nope. what comes out? Nope. I wrote it literally. I wrote when I wrote when I've written all these books. I started out and I just picked a character because I told the story orally first. When I sat down to write it. I believe the first chapter I wrote was without giving away too much because it was book seven, Birth of a Succubus. And it was Graham talking about to Cooper how he was going to bring in the succubus. 
which would be chapter like 12. And as I was writing it, I'm like, they're going to want to know where succubus came from. Okay, let me go back. Hmm. Okay. And I started writing. I'm like, well, a succubus is a fae human hybrid. Oh, fae. They're going to want to know about that. Let me go back. Okay. So the fae are, and I'm like, Queen Aurora and King Jarva. Well, how did that happen? Let me go back. And then I just, and I just kept opening up books and writing it down. And just, I had these big journals and I would just go back and write another chapter. And I didn't know what they were. I would just write scenes. And then I was like, okay, this scene goes here. This goes in this book. This goes in that book. And I just started making piles and putting them together. And then I was like, okay, I've got how this one met. I got how this one met. And then I was like, well, this one woke up on a beach. Okay, that's like chapter three, I guess. And I just kept going back and forth. I don't really know how I did it to this day. Because I'm like, it must have looked, I must have looked like a serial killer with all like the strings. And this is how this one, I, that's what I must look like I was trying to catch. And See, it was just I don't all think over you the did. place. And what's funny is I know Chelsea can feed in because she does something very similar. Oh. She just writes in pieces and then eventually has enough pieces that she's like, I think this is a book. Let me put it together. It's like a puzzle. Like she just goes, and this piece, they're all in the box. And then she's like, I think I have enough pieces. Dump, dump, dump. Let me put a book together. Yeah, my hard drive is just, it, it's a terrifying place to be. Especially since yeah, I don't I, really label yeah. anything. I'm like, uh, it was February 3rd tacos. And like, that's the label. And so then I go back to put stuff together. I'm like, what the fuck is February 3rd tacos? And I open it and it has nothing to do with tacos probably wasn't even written in February, but at the time, like I thought that phrase would help me know what was in the document. Yes. I do a lot of, I like, I like to name my chapters cutesy things. So I'm like, Oh, you know, nothing's ever normal. It never is. You know, like I'll know what that chapter means, whatever. And I go a lot by music. Like when, um, there's a character, we, we met her in chapter two, uh, in book two briefly, and then she plays a big part later. I got the inspiration for her at 3 a.m. one morning, uh, 3 a.m. in the morning, Cherry Bomb played through my head. And this little girl with blonde hair and big blue eyes came skipping through my head playing Cherry Bomb and literally was like, get up, you're writing my story right now. And I'm like, what? And I, I sat up in bed and I was like, her name is Indiga. And she's, her nickname is Little Big Mouth. And Cherry Bomb was blasting through my head. And I sat up and just started writing. I was like, I have no idea who you are. I'm like, where are you going to fit in this book, kid? But okay, here we go. And she was like, write, my, write me down right now. And she's like, and I'm not going anywhere. And I will be in this book series from now on. And I was like, okay, here we go. I was like, all right. Yep. Yep. All right. Your uncle's Bishop Ward. Uh-huh. Yep. Yep. And I just wrote it down and I'm like, where the hell am I putting this kid? And that's just how it came to me. But I had to then go back and figure out like, where was I putting her? What, what was and she just threw the whole book off. And I was like, all right, well, here's Indiga. I don't know what the hell I'm doing with her. I don't know how people are going to pronounce this kid's name. But- so what about you, CR? Is that something that you've run into? Oh, the chaos? Yeah. I mean, I have seven realms, which means I have like 180 something different files that are just in, a, it's in 
you know, my Google Docs, it's just a file. It says realms and there's like 200 some odd documents in there. And I just go through and I cherry pick and I do things. That's why I have all my notebooks everywhere. Like all of my desk is always covered in paper because like, yes. Yeah, like I would show you, but like I'm really scared somebody's gonna read what's on them and it's gonna be like a hint or something because I don't remember what's on these papers. So somebody's gonna zoom in on YouTube. What did she say? Like that's right. Mm -hmm. That's what I was looking for. Let's just there we go. Yeah, I think what's interesting though that um, about both of the ways you guys write is for anybody listening out there who wants to write or is writing, there isn't a. That is not no, don't do our planning method. Not don't write. I no. mean, don't try to copy our method. No, you can't copy it. It's everybody no, has but their own method. The mm. whole point is that there are some you don't have to write like everybody else says you have to write. Write how it works no. for you to write. You can't write like everybody else writes. You have to write what how it works best for you. The ways now, obviously, you can listen to other people and try things. To see mm -hmm. if that helps or hinders your writing. But if it doesn't right. work, don't be like, okay, well, you know, they did this, so I have to do this. Doesn't matter who the hell did it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, it it's got to be organic. Exactly. Yeah, like I've tried doing the starting at chapter one, and like I find myself distracted. I'm just like, I'm so bored. Like, how do people do this? I, I don't, I don't know. Sometimes, I mean, I know. Like I said, I didn't know pantser or planner. I didn't even know those terms. I was just staring at the camera when they said them to me. I I need music. Music is a major influence for me. When I write, I can't write in dead silence. I'll kill somebody because uh, then every little sound distracts me. So I need music because that helps me set like the the emotional tone. Uh, sometimes I have a po podcast going. Uh, wink, wink. You know, I'll listen to something going on. Um, so, you know, I, I have podcasts going on in the background. I always, if, if I'm really into the book that I'm writing right then and it's toward that editing process, I'll have a soundtrack for the, uh, for the book playing. So I'm like, okay, it should be following the emotional crescendo of everything or, you know, this is how I want it to go. So I'll play that as I'm going through the editing process. And a lot of times it's music I don't normally listen to. And I have that kind of playing just to catch things. But I can't say I'm like, oh, I follow this methodology of writing or that. No, I'm just flying by the seat of my pants because I'm trying to write what I think I would want to read. You know, in that sense, and I've listened to so many audiobooks because God knows I love them. And I'm going by the authors that I like and trying to catch a little bit of magic from some of the characters i think that's great there um have you had feedback on a character or something that you didn't think the way the person perceived the character like you wrote the character a certain way and then somebody else comes in and says something about your character and you're like uh, I, it's funny on book two I had somebody critique it and they felt like they didn't know who the villain was in book two and I'm like huh you know it was one of those I was like what it was a little bit of a rut row I'm like I was like who the villain I'm like it's Queen Mary I was like it's I'm like it's pretty clear and they were just like no I know you know Jarvok's too obvious but and I'm like no it's Queen Mary it's like 
Like I made a little postcard about it. It's like they were just like, no. I'm like, what freaking no do you not get? It's Queen Mary. Like it's like I wanted to just scream. And like, but you but know, you have I've to had, realize um, it's how they interpret the book and what characters point, they identify with. And you know, it's yeah. kind of the whole thing, like, you know, writing writing horror, which I do. And I know some of your guys' things, they're fantasy, but they can go into bad guys. But what does somebody consider bad or evil? Like, and if they don't consider it bad or evil, it's kind of like most bad guys do not actually think they're bad guys. They have justified no. whatever they're doing. They don't think they're bad guys. So there are people out in the world that identify with those really interesting characters where you're like, what? Or they see something in a character because you with books, you get to put so much more of your imagination than any sort of visual art. Not that you can't think things of it, but you know, somebody was talking about this on one of the podcasts, maybe CR will remember, but I don't know. I've had way too many setters at this point, but um, and we're talking about like Harry Potter. Once you watch those Harry Potter things, even if you listen or reread the books, you have that image of the character in your head and the way, you know what I mean? Like it's very hard to almost crowbar that out to look at it the way your imagination looked at it with your books um in all of our books actually i should say people still have the option because they haven't been made into movies quite yet close we know that those video games and stuff but they haven't been made there so people can still imagine that imagine parts of the story you haven't filled in or what the people are thinking so that character becomes whatever life they think that character has look how poetic i, I just was they are I mean, I think it's weird that people try to argue with you about your own characters. <laughs> like, it bothers me fundamentally, which I know is stupid yes. because, like, it doesn't matter. But, like, I legitimately no, right. get upset. I had somebody, like, tell me they, they, you know, a lot of people hated Silas, you know, the first three books. And then his story came out. And they started arguing me about how if in the first book I would have just told them what was going on, then they, would, they wouldn't have been so angry with him. And I'm like, you do realize this is a big person. Like, it's not like you just shut him yeah. out of your life and like did whatever. But then they were arguing with me about it. They're like, well, I just think it was really wrong. I'm like, excuse me? Like, you're like, what, I, what are you talking about? Like, what, mm-hmm. yeah, I get, I get, I get offended. I'm like, excuse me, yeah. ma'am, but. I've had people tell me they don't my like world. Aurora. Yeah. They've been like, I don't really like Aurora. I'm like, you don't like Queen Aurora. I'm like, back up. I'm like, they were like, I don't, she's naive. And why doesn't she get that? What the bishops are doing? I'm like, she's flawed. Like if I wrote her too perfectly, you'd all be mad that she's too perfect, you know? And I'm like, she's, and I sit there and finally I'm like, okay. Cause I can't, I get offended. I can't help it. I get offended. Like she's I, Queen Aurora. It's adorable because all this says to me about this is that you guys' books and the characters, they're relating to them the way they relate to these characters. And it is funny, funny. though, with fans telling you how they think you should do their stuff. Oh, I love that. I you get know that all. I, I get, would just go, yeah. you know what? Why don't you write some fan fiction in the direction you'd like this character to go knock yourself out? <laughs> I guess it's just I like, excuse me, I, this is literally my world. Like, I wrote this. This is one of those times the world revolves around me. You can't tell me what to do. I'm the architect. And like, I get people who are like, I don't like the time jump between Locked Out of Heaven and Nine Eyes of Mercy. I'm like, okay. And they're like, yeah, I don't, like what happens in between? I'm like, maybe I have a plan. I'm like, did you ever think 
that there might be something because of that. And I, you, this is where you need to trust me. Listen, Danielle, CR, why don't you have all the books written so I can read them all and then pass and judgment then, yeah. about all the books? Exactly. Right, exactly. I, I, I don't know what I was thinking. Best, the best <laughs> I get is there's no romance in your books. I'm like, I, I didn't, I was like, you know, we're only on book two, right? Like I'm only on book two. And they were like, yeah, there's no romance. I'm like, just because it's a fae book doesn't mean I have to give you romance. I'm like, these fae just got kicked out of heaven. I'm like, they, they're stuck here on earth. No job, no home, no nothing. And you want them to go find a mate? They're a little they, upset right now. They have some shit yeah. going on. Yeah, like my girl can't be sitting there being like, I need to go get laid. Excuse me. I, you know, she's kind of ruling a kingdom. She got some stuff going on. She's really not interested in going to find a guy right now. Personally, I find that refreshing. And Jarvok over there, he's a little mad. His wings got burnt off. He got thrown out of head. Like, he's got some issues. He's not worried about finding a chick. I appreciate that. Once again, I kind of like that my fae aren't all about just, you know, bumping uglies. I like this. This is, this is a new take on things. Let's, let's enjoy grown-up problems right now and not them just like, having 90210 issues. Once again, I'm aging myself there a little bit, but that's okay. Hey, they had a revival. Exactly. Yes, they did. (laughs) I was going to say, I think they redid that. They didn't redo Melrose Place, though, so if you want to redo that. Yes, they did, didn't they? No. No, we didn't get a redo on that one. We could have. We could have gotten that one. Gossip Girl, they redid. So, I feel... Or they... Or they could write something original because there's a ton of authors out there that have written books that would be good shows. So they could be good. You want to talk about devastation when you find out, you know, I talk a lot of shit about how, you know, people should treat, you know, books to TV, books to movies, like fan fiction. Um, They are turning the ugly series into a fucking movie. You want to talk about a full blown meltdown yesterday? Like, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on, CR. You should treat it like fan fiction. I like, so they first announced it in 2006, right? I took the terms coming to terms with it, right? I was fine. Then they brought it back up, brought up some old balloons. I didn't realize how angry it was. And I was yelling at my husband about it. And he was like, not my fault. This is not my project. I didn't do it. I don't know what's going on right now. Who is ugly? And I'm like, that's not what I just said. Yeah. With the wheel of time. So, you know, I don't really trust anybody turning anything into anything. Oh so. my God. Somebody talked about that the other day on the podcast. Okay. Yes. We're actually, unfortunately, nearing the end of this podcast. Danielle, what advice mm-hmm. would you give writers out there now? Oh, right now? Um, I would say to stay true to whatever their uh, process is whatever it is don't try to reinvent the wheel so to speak you know i think um people right now are trying to give you the next twilight they want to be the next uh whatever the trend is instead of just writing from the heart i think that's like the biggest thing is just whatever your story is write your story don't try to copy and be you know the next 50 shades of gray the next twilight whatever the next hit game of thrones 
don't try to be that. Just write for you. I love that. And then how do people find your books and locate you on these social medias? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at Birth of the Faye, or they can find me on Instagram where I'm always there at Birth of the Faye underscore novel. Or you can go to fourhorsemanpublications.com and look up their authors. And there I am, since I now ride with the horsemen or Amazon, <laughs> Barnes and Nobles. Yeah, I'm going to watch oh. how I say that. No, it's fine. Many, yeah, many the first places. time was great. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's and, uh, very cool. And don't you have a website so people can sign up with your newsletter? Uh, Birthofthefay.com, where you can check on all things Faye. Very, very cool. And the next book coming out is Kingdom Come in May. May 30th. And then we have uh, audiobooks for Thine Eyes of Mercy and From the Ashes, which should be released soon. So if you check us out on Instagram, we'll be announcing that. Very, very cool. You have been amazing to have back, of course. If you are listening to this podcast, very shortly you'll be able to view this podcast, which you should absolutely do, because Danielle always looks thoroughly amazing as her characters. And you should absolutely check it out. I'm not giving away or revealing any more of that. Um, so this has been Drinking With Authors, the podcast. I've been your host, Erica Lance. Our sponsor today has been Skunk Brothers Spirits. You can check them out at skunkbrotherspirits.com. Coupon code DWA10. Drink their stuff. Don't save, you know, um, ciders in your fridge like me to then find them and drink them today. Because maybe that's what I did. Whatever. Hashtag I'm a cool person. My co-host today is Sierra Rice. I've had way too many of these. And my the guest has been Danielle Orsino. This has been amazing. And we will see you guys next time. Look, I got through it. Hashtag I'm a cool person. <laughs>